Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for April 27th, 2021. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and also my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA, and Schwan Humes and I will be doing one on Thursday. So before we get into uh, our normal stuff, I just wanted to remind people, please, if you have the opportunity, get vaccinated for COVID-19. I had mine done a couple of weeks ago, and I just want to encourage everyone else to do the same. All right, we're going to talk a little bit of WWE and also AEW, so let's start with that. Uh, last Tuesday, on Tuesday's last Tuesday's NXT, um, Sare made her uh, debut, and she uh, had a match with Zoe Stark, who's also a f- fairly new to NXT. And the bottom line is it was a hell of a match. It was a great match. Um, I suggest you have a look at it if you have a chance. Uh, Sare, for those who are not familiar with her, uh, they're calling her, she was known in Japan as Sari, S-A-R-E-E-E, okay? You know, supposedly Kyoko Inoue got the name from a soap opera, J- Japanese soap opera. Here, she's going to be known as Sare, S-A-R-R-A-Y. They're calling her the Warrior of the Sun or some Mishigash like that. Uh, whatever they call it, it doesn't really matter. So, Sare is much different than either Asuka or Io Shirai. Okay, because for one thing, she's a lot younger, 25 years old, okay? And, you know, Asuka's 39, Io is 30. Okay, the other thing is, she's, though she's 25, she's a 10-year veteran, okay? So you got to remember, Asuka didn't uh, make her pro wrestling debut until she was 24, okay? Because she went to school first and everything. So... Uh, is she a good? Is she a good wrestler? She's very good. She's become one of the one of the better wrestlers in Japan, actually. Um, she's a very tiny girl, very similar to Io. The big difference is she brings a different uh, style of wrestling, and also uh, more of a girl next door type of look. She uh, doesn't have the exotic look that you see with Oscar or Io. Um, as far as the wrestling style is concerned, Sare was. Uh, was trained by um, uh, Karu Ito, uh, who's the co-owner of, uh, of Diana. And uh, Karu was uh, the head trainer at All Japan Women in the 90s after Jaguar Yokota left to start JD. So uh, Karu worked with uh, probably her most notable um, student was Momo Nakanishi, but she worked with other wrestlers who were in the era, uh, who started in that era, like Nani Takahashi, and a bunch of others as well. But those are the two main ones. And so uh, she teaches the classic all-Japan women Joshi style. And that's the style that Sare wrestles. Okay. How is it different from Asuka or Io? Well, Asuka was trained by battle arts owner Yuki Ishikawa. And so her style is more the style of that company, which is more of a ground-based, um, mixed martial arts elements, like a lot of uh, striking and submissions and stuff like that. If you'll notice, Asuka doesn't do a lot of aerial maneuvers flying around. She does an occasional missile drop kick, but that's it. That's not what she was trained to do. I don't think she's comfortable doing it. Okay. Now, on the other hand, EO... She flies all over the place. So where did she learn that? Well, she lived in Mexico for two years, from about 2012 to 2014. And 
what she's doing basically is emulating Rey Mysterio Jr. Okay, so Sare brings a completely different vibe uh, than the other two. Okay, she's very good, and I think you'll enjoy watching her. You should check out the video. I posted it on my blog. I think you'll I think you'll dig it. Now they also did a segment on this show where they're going to do a feud with uh, um, Io Shirai and Frankie Monet, who is the former um, Taya Valkyrie. Uh, not a big fan of hers. I've never cared for her. She wrestles the Lucha style because she spent a lot of time down in Mexico. Uh, she's originally from uh, Toronto. Okay. And uh, if you know what her real name is, I do. It's kind of a bland name. That's why she goes with a ring name a lot of times. She carries around this little dog with her, I guess. I guess it's her dog. And uh, she confronted, EO was doing an interview and Frankie came in and, and interrupted it. And the end result was that EO declared... I like cats, <laughs> which made me laugh. EO uh, has a cat at home, so uh, that was pretty funny. So we'll see what goes with that. that. That should be a pretty good feud because, you know, EO can make anybody look good, right? Okay, so let's talk about uh, Raw last night. Um, there was a match. Oscar was in a match, but I'm not posting it because it was just a mess, okay? Uh, but what happened is that last week, of course, Charlotte Flair got suspended for indefinitely for attacking a referee, right? Okay. And find, listen, it's all storylines. Don't worry about it. I don't remember what she was fined. I think it was 100000 but it doesn't matter. So people kept telling me, oh, they're writing her off TV again. I said, no, they're not. She'll be back next week or in two weeks. This, this, this is a storyline to get her into, the three, into a three-way match at Backlash, Okay. And sure enough, she comes in the back door of the arena <laughs> with Sonya Deville. So these days, if you've been watching SmackDown especially, Sonya has been kind of uh, an authority figure, you know, uh, with Adam Pierce, who, you know, so they're doing authority figures again, right? Anyways, so what she does is she takes Charlotte down to the ring and she uh, decides that the the... Um, suspension was too severe, so she's gonna. She so she agreed to end the suspension uh, if Charlotte apologizes to the referee, which she did. And later on in the later on in the show, she had a match. Okay, fine. So I wasn't particularly surprised by that. I, I didn't think they would do it that way. The one thing I will say is that uh, they they had Adam Pierce be very upset with what Sonya Deville did, right? But uh, so I don't know what's gonna result from that but uh i wasn't surprised i thought they would do that so then we had a a, a six-woman match we had the uh, tag team champs um uh, shana baszler and nia Jax, along with the uh, women's champ uh, rhea ripley against lana um naomi and asuka and the match was garbage it was just more angle than match as usual, as they seem to be doing a lot of these days. And I, I really, I've decided that if Lana has any matches, I'm probably not, uh, with Asuka, I'm not going to post them anymore because Lana is so bad at selling. There's a, see, you don't have to look pathetic to sell offense. And that's the problem with Lana is when she sells offense, she looks pathetic and she has no, she does, she's not a good enough wrestler to, to have any have any offense of her own so you know not surprisingly 
And they did some other stuff there, which ugh, I just hated it. Anyways, let's go on to something that I liked a lot better, which is the um, uh, last uh, Wednesday's AEW Dynamite, which had a, um, a women's championship match with um, uh, Hikaru Shida defending against um, Tay Conte. Uh, Tay Conte, of course, is the Brazilian who used to be uh, in NXT, and she ended up getting released. I, I, I think there were some. They didn't. She didn't see. She wanted more money. She wanted to get pushed more. All that stuff there. And the problem with her is she has a martial arts background, which she's uh, trained in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But in pro wrestling, she's probably not good enough. Yeah, you know. And I know there's guys that are really smitten with her because of her looks, but man, she's just not good enough right now. So. You know, when you see her in the ring, I mean, what I saw last uh, after last week is, of course, she gets overpraised, but really, Hikaru carried that match, as she always does. And, and this is why they have to keep her as champ, because if you try and do it with somebody else, they're not good enough to carry a match, okay? So uh, I've, uh, I posted the video for that. I know if it, don't know if it's still up there, but uh, if you have a chance to check out that match, it's very good. Hikaru did a great job in, in that match. Now, afterwards... Um, uh, Britt Baker came out and claimed she was the number one contender. So obviously they're going to have a match at the pay-per-view coming up in May. I hope they don't give the belt to Britt Baker just because she can cut a heel promo because in the ring, she isn't very good. She, you Listen, when you have a champion, the champion, if you're going to have the champion for any length of time, the champion has to be able to carry the belt as a wrestler. And she can't do that. She's not good enough. And it brings me to the one other thing I wanted to talk about in regards to this was those stupid rankings. Look, I understand why they wanted to do that, but they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do it properly. So I just didn't like what they did uh, as far as uh, the rankings and Britt Baker and all of that. But I think they realized that Hikaru has a lot of value I mean, she put together that whole tournament in Japan, you know, and produced the TV and everything. So, you know, uh, she's been complaining about the same things I've been complaining about, which is that most of the women wrestlers in AEW are greenhorns. And that includes Britt Baker. Okay? She may have been around a lot longer, but she hasn't improved at all. She's just terrible in the ring. All right. Let's move on to the UFC. And we had a big show, UFC show on Saturday. And uh, there were two championship matches. The first one had um, Rose Nyamahunas uh, beat uh, Zhang Veili with a uh, first round head kick. I mean, really nothing much happened in this match until the finish. Okay, so I don't really have any comment on it. And, and um, what it was where I guess she, uh, Rose says now that she saw something in the Joanna match where um, what she did is she faked uh, a leg kick and turned it into a head kick. Okay. So she went down. Now, when I saw it at first, I thought the stoppage was okay. Now, I, I don't know if there's questions about the stoppage because what happened is she went down, but she wasn't out. Okay. And then uh, ref Keith Peterson, uh, he stopped it a few seconds later. And she, Zhang is still complaining about that. She says it shouldn't have been stopped. Now, we've seen in women's MMA how sometimes the refs can be a little quick with stoppages. And it's quite possible uh, that's what happened here. 
that he was a little quick with the stoppage. You know, if you, in a men's bout, he'd give him a chance to recover and that sort of thing there, and it does happen, and maybe he should have done that here. So there's that. There's also the fact that, and Rose, Rose admitted this in an interview the other day, where I think on Sunday, where she basically admitted that a lot of fans are going to look at that kind of finish as a fluke, as a, as a lucky punch and something like that. And that's kind of how I look at it. It was just one of those things, right? And here's the thing. It doesn't matter whether it was a lucky punch or it wasn't a lucky punch. The perception is that it was a lucky punch. Just as it doesn't matter if the stoppage was too quick or it was fine. There's the perception that the stoppage was too quick. So if you have that perception, then that means the only solution is a rematch. And I think that's what they're going to do. And, and Rose has said she, she has no problem with that. Okay? Because let's say, for example, the match goes on and Rose ends up winning, let's say, by decision. Just as an example. Okay? We wouldn't hear the flu. The, the, there would be no cries of fluke or anything like that. It's almost as if a longer fight, um, you know, 49-46 or something like that, is, is, is more credible than how this match actually went. And that's because, you know, there's questions about, okay, was it a fluke? And the questions of, was it a, was it a quick stoppage? So with those things in mind, Zhang has already asked for a rematch. So I think that's the route they're going to go with this. Okay. And that it's, it's usually when you have a quick finish like that, you're going to get a rematch. Okay. Because the same thing happened when Rose beat Yuan Rajicek. It's just that I'm not so sure she can beat her a second time. That's all. It just see, it, it, this was more fluky than the win over, than the first win over Joanna. This was more fluky than that. Okay. The second championship match on this show was um, Valentina Shevchenko beating the, beating um, Jessica Andraj by um, second round TKO. And it was a disappointing performance by, by Jessica. And I guess what happened was that um, uh, Valentina changed up her strategy a little bit. Usually what she does, I mean, she's a Muay Thai uh, fighter. We all know that. So what she does is she usually uh, starts uh, with Muay Thai stuff, maybe try to get a knockout or something like that. Later on in the fight, especially, I mean, all she's fought is five rounds lately. Later on in the fight, she tends to go towards more of a lay and pray strategy. So what she decided to do here uh, is start the fight with that, that lay and pray strategy, right? And the purpose of it, she scored five takedowns in round one. And the purpose of scoring five takedowns in round one was to poop out Jessica. And it worked perfectly. And in round two, she actually got a, uh, another takedown and then she uh, got the crucifix position, and the, she was able to uh, pound her enough that the ref stopped the fight. So you might ask, well, why didn't they change, why didn't um, uh, Gailu Piranha change Jessica's strategy for round two? My guess is she was too tired to do anything by then, okay? So, it, I mean, you got to give uh, Valentina a lot of credit for the strategy, because uh, it was just different, you know, Jessica admitted afterwards that they weren't expecting that. And when you do something unexpected, sometimes uh, it works really well. 
And that's what happened here. So who's the next challenger for Valentina? Well, I can tell you that Valentina wants to fight Amanda Nunez again, but I can also tell you that uh, UFC President Dana White isn't interested in doing that, okay? He, he said basically that if Amanda wanted to do it, uh, he'd be okay with it, but in general terms, he's not doing it, okay? He's not really interested in it. So we do have some fights coming up that uh, might determine the next contender. We have coming up uh, Joanne Calderwood versus Lauren Murphy, and we also have um, Caitlin Chukagian versus uh, Viviani Araujo, and uh, this, the, one is in May, one is in June. Um, do I think any of those fighters can beat Valentina? Eh, probably not. The best of those four fighters is probably Viviani. And uh, the problem is uh, she's a little undersized for a flyweight. Okay, like in, um, in uh, Japan when she was Pancrase champion, okay, she, um, uh, uh, she was a strawweight. So she's fought at strawweight, she's fought at flyweight, she's fought at bantamweight. But she's chosen to stay at bantamweight probably because the competition isn't as heavy. Okay, but I'm not sure she can compete with Valentina considering, you know, she's a little small for, for a flyweight. Okay, now there's a third fight on this show. Early on in the show, it was um, uh, it was Ariane Carnalosi over um, uh, Na Liang or Liang Na, however you want to call it, uh, by second round TKO. This was at strawweight, I believe. Yeah, so Ariane is from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, we've seen her once in the UFC. She lost to Angela Hill, uh, doctor stoppage due to a cut. Uh, that was in 2019, and we haven't seen her since then, mostly due to visa problems. Um, uh, Liang Na is Chinese, of course. And there were three uh, newcomers, new, new Chinese fighters on this show. And what happened in, in the case of all of them is they went to a combine at the uh, UFC Performance Institute in Shanghai, and they all got signed. Okay, so uh, uh, Na is um, 15 and four, mostly fighting in Chinese companies. Um, talk about her future in a second. But the way this fight went is uh, uh, Liang Na came out very aggressive. She knocked Ariane down, but uh, by the end of the round, she was pretty pooped out. Okay, so. Obviously, she has to learn how to pace herself, okay? And um, I also think her, uh, with the three Chinese fighters, they didn't have their coaches with them. So that could have been a bit of a problem. Okay, so what I think happened here is, La, uh, is uh, she, she was tired, she was pooped out by the end of the round, and I actually thought the ref should have stopped the fight at this point because she had needed help getting up at the end of the round. Round two, Ariane continued to control her, and eventually she got a TKO decision, TKO uh, win. Uh, so as far as uh, Na Liang is concerned, you know, here's the thing. She's kind of tall for a strawweight, so I wouldn't mind seeing her move up to flyweight. She might be stronger at that, because it seems to me she um, ran out of gas too quickly there. So maybe she has endurance problems up there, there, but at her height, she could fight at flyweight, and maybe they'll suggest that to her. Okay, now, we have a show this Saturday. I 
think it starts at like 7 or something like that. So we have three women's matches on the show, so let's go through them. First one is at Flyweight. Uh, it's on the main card. It is Poliana Botello versus Luana Carolina. Uh, Poliana uh, is uh, from uh, Rio de Janeiro. She trains at Nova Uniao. Uh, you know, uh, she's a former, uh, she used to be fight at strawweight when she was in Invicta. And um, she's on a three-fight losing streak. And so she just hasn't looked good, right? And um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, she just hasn't looked good. Luana is uh, from Sao Paulo, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly. She was in the um, Dana White Contender Series in 2018. Now, uh, she lost uh, to uh, Ariadne Lipsky. Um, by a knee bar, and basically she showed a complete lack of awareness. You know, she showed a, she was terrible. She showed a le- complete lack of awareness. She was sitting on Ariani, and while she was sitting on Ariani, Ariani p- locked up her knee. So I don't know. I think they're both kind of eh, fighters. Then we have at um, Strawweight we have Randa Marcos versus uh, Luana Pinero. Uh, Randa, uh, we've seen her quite a bit. Um, she is, she's on a three fight losing streak or something like that. She's from uh, Windsor, Ontario, uh, trains at Michigan top team in Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, she's primarily a wrestler. Her striking is awful. Uh, Luana Pinero is a newcomer, uh, to the UFC, but she actually appeared in, um, uh, contender series back in November and she won a fight there. Um, I mean, you never know what a fighter's going to look like on the main roster. She's also a wrestler, I believe. So um, we'll see what she does. We'll see what she does in the, on, the main ro- on the main roster. And the third fight is also at strawweight. It is Sam Hughes versus uh, Loma Lukbunmi. And um, uh, Sam came in on short notice a few months ago. Uh, she uh, is from Everett, Washington. Okay, and she came in on short notice a few months ago and got beat pretty badly by um, uh, Tisha Torres. Okay, and um, I mean, I saw her LFA fight. I saw one of her LFA fights, and I kind of wondered if she would have the skills to be in the UFC. I mean, she has to show me more than she showed me in that fight. You know, Um, Loma Lukbunmi, I guess, would be the favorite here. Uh, She's uh, 25 years old. From Thailand, so she's primarily a Thai fighter. She trains at Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand with George Hickman, and um, you know Loma is, I think, now two and one in the UFC. Um, the big problem I see with her, especially when she gets into fighting uh, higher level of competition, uh, I see two problems with her. One, um, she's inexperienced. She's primarily uh, a Muay Thai fighter, and her. Her, she lacks experience in other areas of MMA, and the other thing is she's a she's a band, she's an atom weight fighting at strawweight, and I see that being a big problem for her later on. Not so much with a fighter like this, but with uh, fighters who are higher up, uh, higher up in the pecking order. So, uh, but I think she'll win this fight unless Sam Hughes is going to show me something new here, right? All right, so that's about it. That show is on Saturday. Uh, again, uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. If you have any questions or comments for my blog or either my podcast, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, 
You can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Have a good week. We'll talk to you later.